Good morning for Monday, September 22, 2014. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on today's front page. U.S. ramps up renewal in nuclear arms. After rancor, Afghans agree to share power. And report of Rikers fights erased officials' blame. In today's national headlines, White House eyes screening tourists. Global rise reported in 2013 greenhouse gas emissions, and more drought is seen in the West. In today's financial headlines, it's muted, but the buzz for fall TV returns. Publications see Pinterest as a key traffic partner, and sharing economy faces patchwork of guidelines in European countries. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, too. A roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Kansas City, Missouri. U.S. ramps up renewal in nuclear arms. Reported by William Broad and David Sanger. A sprawling new plant here in a former soybean field makes the mechanical guts of America's atomic warheads. Bigger than the Pentagon, full of futuristic gear and thousands of workers, the plant, dedicated last month, modernizes the aging weapons that the United States can fire from missiles, bombers, and submarines. It is part of a nationwide wave of atomic revitalization that includes plans for a new generation of weapon carriers, a recent federal study put the collective price tag over the next three decades at up to a trillion dollars. This expansion comes under a president who campaigned for a nuclear-free world and made disarmament a main goal of U.S. defense policy. The idea was that modest rebuilding of the crumbling nuclear complex would speed arms refurbishment, raising confidence in the arsenal's reliability and paving the way for treaties to reduce warheads. Instead, because of political deals and geopolitical crises, the Obama administration is engaging in extensive atomic rebuilding while getting only modest arms reductions in return. Advocates of arms control, as well as some of President Obama's advisors, say their hopes for the president's vision have turned to baffled disappointment as the modernization of nuclear capabilities has become an end unto itself. A lot of it is hard to explain, said Sam Nunn, the former senator whose writings on nuclear disarmament deeply influenced Obama. The president's vision was a significant change in direction, but the process has preserved the status quo. With Russia on the warpath, China pressing its own territorial claims, and Pakistan expanding its arsenal, the chances for Obama's legacy of disarmament look increasingly dim, analysts say. Congress has expressed less interest in atomic reductions than looking tough in Washington's escalating confrontation with President Vladimir Putin of Russia. The most fundamental game-changer is Putin's invasion of Ukraine, said Gary Seymour, the former top nuclear advisor to Obama. That has made any measure to reduce the stockpile unilaterally politically impossible. That suits hawks just fine. They see the investments as putting the United States in a stronger position if a new arms race breaks out. In fact, the renovated plants that Obama has approved for a smaller force of more precise, reliable weapons could, under a different president, let the arsenal expand rapidly. Arms controllers say the White House has made progress toward Obama's broader agenda. 
Nunn credits the president with improving nuclear security around the globe, persuading other leaders to sweep up nuclear materials that terrorists could seize. In the end, budget realities may do more than nuclear philosophies to curb the atomic upgrades. There isn't enough money, said Jeffrey Lewis of the Monetary Institute of International Studies, an expert on the modernization effort. You're going to get a train wreck, he said.